0: Welcome to Julie Lawton Living, featuring engaging conversations on creating the life, business, and luxury home of your dreams. With over 30 years of experience in the design-build industry, Julie has completed over 1,000 remodels and custom homes in Southern California and provides architecture, design, engineering, and general contracting as a unique one-stop shop for her clients. Let's join the conversation with our host, Julie Lawton.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is Julie Lawton broadcasting from my Julie Lawton Living Podcast live. Welcome back to another episode. And this episode, we're going to talk about how architects, designers, engineers, and contractors all work together. What do they do? Why are they different? What makes up the team? And why is that team important? And why their roles are so important individually?
0: So obviously, Julie Lawton Design Build is a little bit of a different situation than the average, right? And so how have you created a one-stop shop for homeowners?
1: Well, I am the architect for the client. I am the designer. I am the space planner. I am the custom kitchen designer. I'm certified and licensed and everything. I'm not licensed architect because I chose not to take it to that level because I am a licensed contractor. So I am skilled, trained, educated in all of the fields that I provide. And I happily provide a one-stop shop service because I actually do all those things. And it is unique because I don't know anybody else that actually does all those things without the help of maybe plugging in two or three of the people. You know, there are design build firms, but you're going to work with four, five, six, seven people. So, I actually do it myself, and that's what makes me unique, and And it's fun and stress-free, and you know, everybody knows it's worked with me, what it's like.
0: <laughs> well, and obviously, because you have created a one-stop shop that prevents a lot of the challenges that we're going to be talking about here, um, and we'll get to the challenges, but if we, if you were to paint A best case scenario, if somebody wasn't working with Julie Lawton Design Build and they had to work with a separate architect, a separate designer, separate engineers, and a separate contractor, how are those four roles supposed to work
1: together? Well, this is what happens. The um, architect only does a certain part of the design, and then he has the interior designer take over. So your architect's responsible of designing the building, the structure, and working on the space planning pretty good. But um, the interior, then he tells you, you got to go hire an interior designer because she's going to pick the floors, the cabinets, the countertops, he or she, sorry, is going to pick the floors, the cabinets, the countertops, the paint colors, and determine what it looks like, the pretty surfaces. So the which are called the finishes. And they may even, they'll pick the doors and the windows too, and the hardware. So then you got two people completing the plans so you can build it aesthetically. And then, Those two draw plans, but you can't actually build it without the structural engineer who relies on the soil engineer. And then there's a civil engineer for drainage. And then there's a Title 24 guy. And they don't start until the topo and the survey guys start. So you got the architect, the interior designer, the five engineers, and then you got the city submittal. And all these people except the designer have to work together with the city submittal process because the architect submits his plans, but all the engineers submit their plans and all of them six talk to the planner and the building department. So one point of contact is usually the architect who's telling you what these people they're doing, but if they're slow and not behaving or for you know, staying on time, you got to call them all and say, Hey, where's my stuff? You know, because your architect might not be in charge of them because you're paying them. So whoever's paying them has to manage them, even though you're getting advice from your architect. And then um, and then your interior designer is on in her own world because she doesn't her stuff doesn't get approved by the city. So um it's a whole thing, and then all these these six people—the architect and the five engineers—the contractor has to work off of their plans, so he has to call each and every one of them with questions. And those are questions that he doesn't ask you. Those are questions he needs to know how to build it, to price it, and then when it goes to building it, he's going to say, "Well, this doesn't work, so we need to change the plans," which is going to change your price and change how long it takes to build it. So there's a whole discussion amongst them to because. The plans aren't always perfect, and the contractor's the last word on. Hey, hey, this is what it cost. And then if you freak out because your architect designed a five million dollar house, but you only asked for a two million dollar house, there they got to change all the plans. You got to start over. So there's this whole thing. But the contractor talks to seven, six people behind the scenes. So it's a huge amount of effort to get things done.
0: And is it possible? Uh, does it happen? I should say where. Um... These different roles have different expectations of one another, or they kind of uh, they don't stay in their own lane. It, does that happen, or do they start yeah. finger pointing or how, <laughs> what are the challenges that happen among these these roles?
1: Well, the nightmares start when nobody when people don't stay in their lane. So I could tell you all the nightmare scenarios in a minute because they're all out there. But your architects supposed to provide clear, concise plans which are backed up by structural engineering, civil and survey, and topo. And, you know, the drainage and all that and the Title 24. So they're kind of a neat little package together with the five engineers and the architect. Mm -hmm. And then the the designer is another thing, as you know, that she does all the finishes and all the furniture and the soft goods, the drapery artwork, accessories, etc. So the if they all do their thing and they all get through the city submittal process correctly, and everything's selected down to your last doorknob, cabinet knob, before you start this instruction, then the contractor can easily build your house without any questions and no nightmare scenario. But what happens is you may have plans that don't work, and you don't find out till after the permit's pulled because maybe they didn't do the budget or the bidding in advance or maybe you get the construction bid the day before the contractor pulls the permit instead of six months ahead when they're supposed to start so there's a thing called pre-construction the contractor should be involved in the project during the conception of the plans and the conception of the engineering so he can start pricing it on and warning you what it's going to cost before all those plans are complete because what happens is if it's bid out later and it's too much Gosh, you got to change the whole design and change all the materials. So the nightmares are the contractor doesn't get involved too early or you don't have an architect and you let your, um, you know, somebody that's not qualified or your designer help you with the plans. And then the structural engineer is guessing and doesn't really understand what's going on. Or the other nightmares, you let your designer play general contractor and you try to do it with or without a permit, but you don't have a contractor. So there's so many scenarios out there happening um, that I could go on for years about the stories and the nightmares, but they all happen because somebody doesn't stay in their lane and complete their professional part or the client skips a process or skips a professional and thinks they're going to be owner builder and maybe wing it with their, you know, self. There's a thing about doing it right. So
0: So how do you, as a person who's created this one-stop shop and you're overseeing all these different aspects, how do you ensure that your client's um, needs are prioritized or considered throughout the process? So, because I know even though you're playing that role, you have other employees and other team members that are involved in the process. Like, how do you ensure that it's not just becoming the priority of a team member versus the priority of the client.
1: Well, that's easy because the client is the priority, period. We do the work for the client and the team members are there to support. The subs are there to support. So we're all working towards the same goal. And when you start a project, you start with the design process and the official process of design covers everything the client needs to know and well what we need to know i should say from the client so there's a whole interview process a whole design process we're way up front the client the client's dreams are actually put on paper and the client understands what what's on paper and the client approves what's on paper and then they know how much it costs so all those things have to happen right away up front because the cost part has to be up front with the design part because it's not complete if they don't know how much it costs So it's got to be a more of a team effort up front with your whole team is my point. Don't wait to get your contractor involved. But if you do a proper design process and you actually document it on paper and then somebody shows you what your house looks like in 3D and all the materials are picked and you know what it costs, you're golden. But that's how I ensure it because I follow the rules of the process.
0: So can you give me an example of a situation where these four roles were not communicating in the best possible way. And Julie Lawton Design Build was contacted and came in and took over the project. Can you give me an example of that?
1: I have several examples of that because probably 40% of my career or 50% of my career started this way where I was brought in after there was no plans and someone started construction without permits. And then the house was almost falling down because of structural issues because the contractor really didn't know what he was doing. Those are the scariest ones. Then I have other scenarios where I'm called in because the architect took too long or didn't communicate and the client felt neglected. And then at the end of the day or the end of the year, nothing was actually done. So they got pushed to the wayside, but no one communicated that. And then they just felt abandoned. And then I have other scenarios where the architect was commissioned to design something that was maybe supposed to cost a million dollars. And then after several meetings, the cost went to three million because... The architect wanted to do his design and maybe not what the homeowner needed or wanted. So that the runaway price for the sacrifice of maybe an architect's style instead of the homeowner's style. So there's all kinds of scenarios. And I've experienced almost every single one, including the designer started the construction with her buddies who are not licensed because she was getting kickbacks and doing contracting illegally, which is my biggest pet peeve. But yeah, I've been through them all. I've seen them all, heard them all, and um, corrected all the ones that I took over.
0: <laughs> so let's just say that a an architect, a designer, an engineer, or a contractor is listening to our conversation, and they are maybe frustrated with the collaboration that they have experienced with other roles in projects. What would you suggest to them? about how they could improve their collaborative communication. What would be your suggestion?
1: Well, everybody knows that you got to stay in your own lane because the designer shouldn't be going into architecture or into construction. The architect is supposed to do the drawing and oversee the structural engineering and how it's built and help with communicating that to the contractor and develop a budget. So everybody knows that. If you're communicating this up front and there's no surprises, that the faster you communicate things, the better, of course, is my rule of thumb. But to to get, everybody stays in their lane and does their job, but communicates, you know, and brings the contractor in earlier is my big thing. Because I noticed that no one does pre-construction. You bring architects and designers bring the contractor in early and everybody communicates up front, even before someone purchases the house and communicates what this is going to cost and goes through some research at the city. That's so much better. You know, due diligence day one, really hash it out and try to have that team pick day one. Don't wait to pick the contractor. I don't get it when these clients call me they've been with their architect and their designer for a year. They're done with the city submittal. And then they call for to ask a contractor to bid their project. I'm like, serious. You've already spent a year and a half and you've never even consulted a contractor yet. or let, And you want me to just bid this and your plans are not even complete and you're still stuck at the city. I mean, why didn't you call us a year ago? <laughs> that kills me. I just, I, I'm like, how come the contractor wasn't involved day one? Oh my God. You have to ever, this is my advice. Get your team day one. Okay. <laughs> It's much better.
0: I love it. I love it. And as you have heard, uh, Julie Lawton Design Build is your one-stop shop. So that can be your entire team, one call versus lots of calls. And so we encourage you to check out uh, julielawton.com. And if you want to check out previous episodes, listen at julielawtonliving.com or on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow us on social media, on LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all the places for behind the scenes videos on a daily basis so that you can see how Julie works as a one-stop shop. So Julie, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you, David. I love doing this podcast and uh, I can't wait to do another one and I'll see you all very soon.
0: We hope you enjoyed the conversation today and we encourage you to follow Julie Lawton Design Build on all social media platforms so that you can get a behind the scenes look at Julie's life and leadership as she designs and builds beautiful custom homes. All the links are in our show notes available at julielawtonliving.com or by swiping up on your phone now. See you next time on Julie Lawton Living.